Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I am Kyle Faulkner, here as always with my co-host Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, how are you doing? What did you get up to this week, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. I don't know if you are aware, but we are like two weeks away from actual things happening in the NFL offseason. We are like two weeks from franchise tag deadline and then, uh, sorry, two weeks from franchise. I am so sorry. Two weeks from free agency, less than a week from the franchise day tag deadline. So there's all kinds of actual news going to happen in the NFL. There's some big names available on tags and Godwin, Galladay's. Uh, Alan Robinson's and obviously free agency is going to be huge as well. So I'm excited about that. As far as what did I get to this week? Uh, not too much, man. Obviously it's pandemic life. We, uh, the family and I started the Marvel universe movies a little while ago. I think we're 18 movies deep now. We're a black Panther now. So 18 of the 23 or 24 there are. So we've been watching those, but other than that, yeah, just chilling. How about you? Uh, well, no, it's been a good week. It's been uh, pretty busy. You know, I'm in the back in the teaching game, teaching grade one, two. So my days are my days are pretty full and my my nights are a lot of prepping, you know, ladder work, lots of math and science, all those fun things. But, uh, you know, it's it's nice to get to talk to you. It's nice to uh, even just virtually get to talk to somebody who doesn't only get up to my navel height wise. So, uh, yeah, this is this is exciting for me. Um, well, we've got a, got a big episode. We got lots of stuff to get to, but, uh, before we get started, I think you've got a bit of a quick question for us, eh? Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's 32 episodes deep here and I thought we should have been doing this from the start probably. Um, but you know, episode number 32, number 32 all time, who would be your favorite player to ever to wear that uh, number on their Jersey? We got some big names available. I'll, I'll throw some names at you because I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Franco Harris wore it for the Steelers, obviously. Um, Shaq, Magic Johnson, Jim Brown wore it. Uh, my personal favorite is Roy Halladay, who pitched for the Blue Jays in number 32. But do you do you have a number uh, favorite that wore that number? Well, that's a good pick. I like that pick, Doc. That's a good one. Uh, you know, historically, all of these guys, unbelievable. Um, but, you know, three of them... A little, a little outside of my age range, right? Jim Brown, not really. Uh, I more know him for acting cameos, I guess. Uh, Franco Harris, you know, I've seen the Immaculate Reception replay about 18 million times as a Steelers fan. Seen the Raiders complain about what a dirty player he was and what a lazy player he was and how it was only his laziness that led him to be in position to make the catch. I'm going to have to go with Shaq, I think. Uh, you know, coming up as a as a youngster. Yeah, exactly. Coming up as a youngster, you know, he was one of those faces of the NBA. He was a superstar. I remember down at uh, Pete's Sports in London, they actually had one of Shaq's uh, sneakers on display. His, like, whatever it was. Oh, I think yeah. it might have been, so- oh, I don't even know what size it would have been. But, like, I remember just being in awe watching highlights of him playing with the Magic. And then, you know, later he went, well, he played for a bunch of different teams. But when he was with the Lakers, with Kobe, like, that was that was special. That was uh, a dynamic duo that, you know, amazing. And they did amazing things together. So, yeah, that's my guy, Shaq. Oh, Shaq Fu. Oh, Shaq Fu, exactly. I love Shaq <laughs> Fu, man. What a life that the guy has had. And, uh, yeah, great choice. He was so fun to watch. And I... You know, you get some guff now for how he judges the young players in the NBA. I don't know how closely he follow basketball, but um, I still love everything he does. He, he cracks me up. He's a cop part-time. He's like a DJ. <laughs> this guy's living like the best life ever, so Shaq's a great choice. Oh, yeah. And uh, what's that dance troupe that he performed with there, Jabberwocky? Oh, that's right. I love that dance. Oh. I love that clip, man. Yeah, they, it's like yeah. the coolest all-star game intro ever. It was great. It was great. And I, I actually really like what he I really like what he does in the panel. I like when him and uh, Barkley go at each other a bit. And, you know, he's always got the argument. Just point to the ring and what you got, Charles? All right. Well, all good choices. But uh, you know what? We're not just here to talk about our favorite numbers. I told you already. That's what I do in grade 1-2 all day. I'm here to talk about some big boy stuff. I'm here to talk about fantasy football. Are you ready? Should we get to the news? Let's do it. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, so we have some big news this week. 
J.J. Watt has signed a two-year, $31 million contract. We broke this down last week, and we basically gave the listeners a 99% guarantee that he was going to go to Green Bay, to the Buffalo Bills, or the Tennessee Titans. And of course, he signed with the Arizona Cardinals. I did not even hear a whisper of that. Did you Did you have any inkling that that might be where Mr. Watt took his talents? Not at all. I was completely shocked. And uh, from what I read afterwards, the um, Browns and the Colts both offered more money than Arizona did, and he still decided to go there. So um, from what I've read since he, he made the decision, I mean, $23 million guaranteed is probably the main reason he went there, but... Uh, he says he believes in Kyler Murray and he wanted to hook up with Hopkins again. So, you know, he's back in Arizona, or he's not back in, he's down in Arizona now. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah, they got a pretty pretty nasty one-two punch on that D-line. Oh, it's unreal, man. Like, I'm sure, you know, like everybody else, you've seen the stat over the last couple of days um, since, I forget what year, since 2015, 2014, something like that. The two sack leaders are Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt uh, in the whole league. And now they're on bookends of the same line. So, yeah, Russell Wilson, who, you know, his big complaint in Seattle was he doesn't like getting hit so much. Now his division is Aaron Donald, Nick Bosa, and J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. So, uh, yeah, that's not great for old Russ. No, it's not. And it's, I mean, $23 million, $31 million over, or 23 guaranteed. We were talking about the Steelers as a potential landing spot. That is way like we could never afford that. So I'm actually, you know, glad that we didn't sign him if that's what it took. Yeah, like if we picked him up, and you know what, with the defense that we have when they're healthy, if we picked him up, it would have been as like a rotational piece, right? We're not, we don't, we're not. Even though he's a big name, and it would be really cool, yeah, to have all three Watt brothers on the same team. We're not looking for you know a marquee player on the outside. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see he has so much faith in the Cardinals. Um, it was cool because a few weeks ago when he when he asked for his release and the team granted it to him, um, DeAndre Hopkins tweeted out, uh, you know, let's finish what we started, bro. And I guess I guess he knew something maybe that the the rest of the world didn't. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens if he how much he's got left in the tank. And how dangerous this makes uh, Arizona in that, you know, that's a tough division for sure. It's crazy that two teams, at least in that division, are going to be, you know, studs in the NFL and probably not make the playoffs. It's wild. I mean, so when I read that, I said it earlier, but when I read that the Colts were a suitor, how much fun would it have been if he signed there and got to play against Houston twice a year? (laughs) That would have been just like, you know, ratings galore. But, yeah, Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't know. He's obviously not the player he once was, but, uh, you know, he still has the ability and the smarts. He's been around the game to, you know, wreck a game when uh, when needed. So it's going to be fun to watch and see how it plays out down there. Um, but yeah, you're talking about that division and those de- those nasty names on defense. Um, Russell Wilson, I don't know, this rumor won't go away. It kind of faded a little bit last week, I felt like, and it's picked back up a little bit more this week. Um, it feels like he wants out really bad, and he's actually come out and has come as far as, as it's rumored, I should say, as, as saying, uh, you know, if, if there is a trade, uh, I'm willing to go to one of these four teams because he's got a no-trade clause as, as we speak right now. So he's saying he's willing to go to the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Saints, or the Bears. Uh, fantasy-wise, I don't know what you think would be the best fit. I mean, all of them are pretty intriguing. If you add Russell Wilson, he kind of ups everyone in the skill position. But, you know, I would think more about what would happen in Seattle if he leaves there. What happens to the, uh, Metcalf and Lockett? And, and, you know, what happens with that entire team if, if he leaves? So I, I don't see it happening, but the, this rumor won't go away, and it's – it's a it's a weird one. Yeah, so if he leaves, I you know, you can only assume that it's gonna be for for high pick value and that would probably turn into, you know, their next or their future quarterback. Uh, it would be a mess. Seattle would be in trouble, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of what they do runs through his that intangible playmaking ability and the ability to extend plays. Um, as far as those teams I don't know. You know, two of those teams right now are not sounding like they're interested in moving on. You know, Vegas is is reiterating more than ever that Derek Carr is their guy. Um, 
<clears throat> you know, their GM was quoted as saying this week that he thought that Carr had his, his best football season and that both Gruden and uh, the front office, they believe in him and they think that he's their man. Um, you know, Dallas, we were going to get to this a little bit later, but it sounds like their talks with Dak Prescott, even though they haven't reached a deal, they're, they've become more productive. Um, so it's, you know, they'd be kind of foolish to let him go with what they've got um, as a team. You know, there's not, we saw what happens when he's not there. So New Orleans and Chicago, like obviously the Bears would be the first candidate in my mind between those two because it sounds like Trubisky's on his way out and they don't have anything coming up. So, um, you know, I don't know how much it directly improves. Like it obviously improves their team. I don't know if it makes them an immediate um, contender, but you can build around Russ Wilson. You know, Tyler said it. Tyler said it on our show two weeks ago that he would get rid of Pete Carroll before he got rid of Russell Wilson. And, uh, you know, Matthew Barry, the great Matthew Barry, must have been listening because he tweeted that out about a week later. So good for you, Tyler. He obviously was listening. I mean, as far as Vegas goes, they have to say that if, if they want to move Carr and trade for Wilson. So they're going to be, yeah, he's great. He had his best year. Look at it and keep pumping the, the tires. But um, I don't know. Let's say it came to Dallas. Who would you rather have personally if you were running a team? Would you ever rather have Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson? Uh, you know what? I might, I might lean towards Wilson just because of the injury unknown. You know, it seems we see people bounce back from the most insane injuries. Uh, one of those players we're going to talk about in a little bit and he's in the same division as Dak Prescott, but, uh, just the, the severity, you don't know how much it's going to limit. Maybe this year is another down year and, uh, you know, the, the window is always closing for every team. You never know what's coming up. And obviously Dallas has some young talent. But right now, with what they've got and the pieces that they already need to add, I guess if you have a chance for a healthy Russell Wilson or a recovering Dak Prescott, you know, as good as Dak's been, they're, they're similar in a lot of ways. Um, uh, yeah, I might take the health upside personally. What about you? I think, I mean, I would probably take health out of the equation for the question. I should have clarified that, but oh. <laughs> um, I think I would still take Russ. I just, I, they're both amazing, though. I, it's just, for me, it comes down to the fact that Russ already has a contract and Dak, you still have to pay and figure it out. And from everything he's saying, he wants to be, you know, paid his second highest quarterback uh, co- uh, salary in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. So that's another hassle if, if that comes along with him. So I would pick Wilson just for that. But I think they're like neck and neck as far as talent. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty close and, and like I said, pretty similar. Um, there's another QB that's potentially on the move, and uh, I don't know if I would say he's neck and neck with those two guys in terms of uh, in terms of ability, but uh, he he's got some skills. Sam Darnold, we've talked about it lots. We've talked about potential landing spots for him, but uh, the Jets GM has come out. You know, last week we mentioned he said, "I don't know where we stand. We need to evaluate the tape. We need to evaluate the quarterbacks that are going to be on the board." But now he's saying that uh, the team will answer the phone when other teams call about Darnold. Um, it was interesting, though, in the little uh, the little news bite I was reading. He kind of talked down, like normally, like you said with Derek Carr, when you're trying to trade somebody, you usually would talk them up a little bit. At least that's the way I do things in fantasy. I usually, you know, commit a little bit of our show to talk up a player and then try to flip him. But, uh, yeah, he kind of talked him down. He said, yeah, he wasn't very good, and uh, I don't really know if he's going to get a starting role. Um, <clears throat> that was from the beat reporter, sorry, not the GM. But, uh, yeah, I don't. I I think that, you know, Darnold is at least a middling quarterback in the NFL and uh, in the right situation. You know, we, I'm not going to rehash it, but we went through all the things – that have kind of not worked in his favor in New York. Uh, in the right situation, you could see him, you know, emerge as a young talent in the league. Absolutely. I mean, there's t- like if Chicago doesn't land a Wilson or a Watson, I mean, Darnold would be, I think, a great fit there. Or, or I think, you know, I if I'm in Denver, they've been rumored with all these quarterbacks as well. I would rather Darnold over Locke, I think, at this point. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, they have skill position, like talent everywhere in Denver. So you had a quarterback that's capable, then who knows what could happen. I mean, he, this guy was still, you know, he was a early first round pick for a reason. It wasn't like a shock when, when the Jets drafted Darnold. They just 
failed him. So it's no surprise he is where he is. But uh, hopefully he gets out of New York and gets to prove himself. I'd like to see it. Um, you know, the quarterback news continues here. I mean, this is breaking news, man. The Houston Texans quarterback news has happened finally after all these weeks of rumors. <gasps> the Texans have made their decisions. They just released them. They just released them. I don't believe it. Of course, I'm talking about Josh McCowan and oh, not yeah. uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they've moved on from Josh McCowan, who, uh, you know, kudos to you for sticking around this long. I think he's, I've, I've heard him rumored for like coaching jobs almost immediately. He's, he's so well, uh, kind of renowned and well liked around the league that um, I think he can walk right into a coaching role if he'd like to. But uh, yeah, he's all done with Houston. So uh, congrats on a great playing career, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Is he done for sure, though? Like, he's done with Houston, obviously, but, you know, I I think he's serviceable maybe more so than some of the backups in the league. You never know, right? There's always a team that's out there willing to pay you a few million bucks to hold a clipboard and, uh, you know, potentially get hit a lot. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But if it that's is, true. you know, he's he's been a journeyman. He's had a he's had a lengthy career. He's, he's you know, not Ryan Fitzpatrick level of, of sampling... Uh, sampling different teams but he's been on a few and uh yeah good for him right he's he he made it to the show and he he stood quietly to the side for a long time it was good yeah but he hung around for a while and got some money oh yeah money um yeah well another quarterback then this one maybe has a little more uh at least football implications if not fantasy implications is alex smith um, you know, this has been a story that we've we've kind of talked about throughout the season. Uh, he was an easy candidate for comeback player of the year. I I swear, when he retires, they need to name that the Alex Smith Trophy. There's no one who's ever going to touch what he what he did. Going from, you know, you might hopefully. die. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Well, I don't know how you could, right? He went from you might die to you might lose your leg to you're going to keep your leg, but you might never walk again to starting half a season of NFL football. Um, but uh, it looks like his days in Washington are, are coming to an end. You know, we saw that he was talking about how going into the season, the team, the, you know, the coaching staff and the front office didn't really want him there. I don't think they believed in his recovery. Um, he did come in. He was 5-1 and one this year as a starter. And actually, interestingly, since he came over from Kansas City, um, you know, like, remember, he was the starter in KC until Mahomes was deemed ready. Uh, since he came over, he is 11-5 and five in Washington. You know, part of that obviously being in 2018 pre-injury and then 5-1 and one this year. Um, I don't, I, I actually owned, or owned, I actually had Alex Smith on my team for a little while this year. And, you know, it wasn't anything special, but uh, as a football player, he can he can manage the game. He can keep the ball with your team, and uh, I think there's some teams out there that could use it. Like we've mentioned, Chicago with a few of these. I don't think that would be a bad landing place for him. And uh, in the LOEG chat, I I suggested maybe New England as a potential landing spot. Right? They need a responsible quarterback uh, that can that can kind of follow the system, and he might be the guy. So, what do you think? Are his days over, or is he going to get a chance somewhere? Well, this one was pretty surprising to me as well. I kind of just envisioned him coming back and, and being the starter at the start of the year, and then they draft a, a young guy and kind of groom – Smith helps groom him, similar to what happened with Mahomes. But, uh, yeah, and it feels like it wasn't a very happy split from Washington. I don't know what actually played out there, but um, I don't see him getting another starting job right out of the gate, to be honest. I think uh, it could be a, a battle where he wins it in camp kind of thing, but it's – yeah, I don't know. I don't – it's hard to invest in a player that's coming off all those things too, right? Like it's going to have to be a one-year prove-it deal probably again. And I just don't know how many teams are willing to, to – I don't know. It's it's a tough – I hope he does, but I just don't see him getting a starting gig right away. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting career for him sorry. for sure, right? You look back to his San Francisco days where he kind of lost out to Kaepernick and then – went on to Kansas City and had some, you know, moderate success there and uh, and then promising look in Washington, but obviously didn't <laughs> go exactly the way he envisioned, I'm sure. No, but he's it feels like a winner, right? You know, and he seems like a guy that teams rally around and it's just even when Kaepernick kinda took over, Kaepernick was really amazing for a while, but when Smith left 
it, I felt like he played as good as Kaepernick did when they were both starting for different teams. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like Kaepernick kind of took the league by storm with his style, I thought. And it wasn't so much that he was the better quarterback. But, um, yeah, I mean, Smith is if, just last year at, at all. He's already kind of won in my eyes. So it'd be cool to see him get another starting job. But if not, it's uh, it's been quite a ride for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, some some smaller news here. It's uh, the Houston Texans. They've released uh, Duke Johnson and David Johnson restructured his contract, so he's now making six million instead of eight million. Saved the team two million dollars, so they can waste it on a player that they're going to trade away for nothing eventually. And uh, yeah, Houston's doing Houston. Yeah, they uh, they've spoken about how happy they were with David Johnson. Um, we'll talk about him more when we get to when we look back on the year for running backs. We'll uh, we'll talk about David Johnson. He was kind of surprisingly okay. But uh, I guess they have to make it work since that's essentially what they got for DeAndre Hopkins. It wouldn't look very good if you kept him for a year and then cut him. So, uh, you know, good for them for restructuring. And uh, we'll see what he can do, uh, I guess, with or without without uh, Watson this year. A um, couple more little quick tidbits before we move on here. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, you know, Kyle's. I always have my eyes on Kyle's. I, I cheer for them silently. Uh, but he's gone from Minneapolis or Minnesota, I guess. You know, Minnie. Um, he uh, he had a long career there. He was a good blocking tight end. Never really a major fantasy asset. Uh, although he did have some games that were that were pretty good, but tough to predict over the years. Um, but with him gone, there is a young guy there who who kind of flashed this season. That's Irv Smith Jr. Um, I, I spot started him on multiple, uh, lineups this year and he's a guy who coming out of the combine, he actually showed, um, you know, he was in the high nineties for his athleticism. He has like four, six speed. He's a good, he's a good blocking option. The thing that really held him back this year was just his, uh, his share of the pass, the passing targets. Um, obviously with Thielen and Jefferson there, he's not going to be one of the top two options. And I don't even know if he's top three with Dalvin Cook in the backfield. But uh, this could be a guy who, you know, if you're looking for that late round tight end next season, who's going to get you, you know, five catches for 75 yards and a chance at a touchdown every week. You know, he's kind of he's kind of going to be middle of the pack, I would guess, but maybe reliable. I don't know. Any thoughts? Oh yeah, he's a potential uh, breakout as far as as tight end. I mean, we talk about how ugly the position is and top heavy it is, but I mean, Kirk Cousins likes throwing to his tight end. And Kyle, Kyle Rudolph had some serviceable years over the last couple of seasons with was Cousins there, so I could see Smith kind of walking into that role and doing the same thing. As long as he doesn't come off the field for blocking assignments or anything like that, I'm not sure how that will break break down for him. But uh, yeah, I think he's got a chance to be one of the breakout tight ends next year for sure. Yeah, well, like I said, he is a good run blocker, and I think that was kind of part of why they kept Rudolph around was to mentor him a little bit in that part of the game. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see anyways. I'm sure we'll get lots of hype out of camp later on in the offseason. One quick news shout-out. This is for my man Jesse. He's a co-worker of mine and our newest listener, and he specifically asked me to mention that Golden Tate has been released. So all you teams out there looking for a number three wide receiver, he's out there. That's it. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing about Golden Tate. I, okay. He has like some of my favorite highlights ever. Like for a small receiver, he played tough, and he has some amazing highlights. So yeah, he's a uh, a fun player to watch for sure. I don't know. Is it Jesse a huge Golden Tate fan? Is that why he wanted to share that? Or uh, I'm not sure. I'll have to ask him at work tomorrow, and uh, and we'll let the oh, listeners know helping. next week. Yeah, yeah. He just he just texted me and said, make sure you mention that uh, Golden Tate got released. So we did. We're that kind of oh, show, thanks, folks. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate that. Well, you know what? Maybe if some of our longtime listeners were a little more active, uh, they could hear the players that they wanted to hear about. So, <laughs> anyways, speaking of our longtime listeners, who we love you all and we appreciate you all, and I'm sorry for dissing you on the air. Uh, we did get some interaction this week. We uh, <laughs> we uh, put it out to our listeners last week to share their all-time fantasy lineups. And we got some responses. I'm excited to get to them. So uh, let's dive right in. This is the Falcomaniac Fan Zone. Oh my God! Oh, I'm a fan, sir. I am a fan. So let's first, let's so first off here, so first off here is uh, Steve Henning. This is from the Sorry for Partying League. He's our number one, Steve. 
Now, Steve got a little, uh, he got a little complaining in his email at the beginning. He wanted more parameters. He wanted to know what was the range. He wanted to know what were the stipulations on picking. You should only be able to pick when fantasy football went to the internet. You shouldn't be able to go back in history. La, la, la. Maybe he's not our favorite Steve anymore, but, uh, (laughs) he's our favorite hot dog chef anyways. But, uh, yeah, Steve gave us his lineup, and he picked the players he wanted. He said he didn't go by season. He just picked the fantasy assets that he wanted. So, quarterback, Russell Wilson. Can't complain too much there. Running back, this is a guy that I did give a little thought to. Arian Foster, uh, you know, kind of a, came out of nowhere uh, for the Texans and, and was a stud. Wide receiver, Megatron, not much surprise there. Super stud player, and Steve's a big Lions fan. Tight end, Antonio Gates. I'm not sure if you ever heard this on the uh, broadcast, but he was a basketball player. Did you know that? I heard that, did you, yeah. Did you come across that three or 400 times? Yeah, Phil Rivers loved and, him, though. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, at Flex, Sean Alexander, a name that neither one of us had in our lineups, but uh, a good pick. Overall, I like that. I like that lineup. Good one, Steve. Yeah, is he a Seahawks fan, though, too? Like, I mean, Alexander and Wilson bookending this kind of... Yeah, maybe just blue. Maybe just teams with blue. They all I mean, have it's blue. fair. I mean, didn't Alexander actually win league MVP one year? Uh he had a monster year. I don't maybe yeah. he didn't league win the league MVP, but I remember him having a couple monster seasons. So he, yeah. yeah, he did pro- have one insane one. I think. Let's we should probably recap ours as well. So, um, so <laughs> do you remember it? <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to think. I think I had Mahomes, I had LT, I had Megatron, Kittle, and CMC was my flex. I had. Hmm. I'm actually having trouble remembering who I had. Thanks for putting me on the spot on the air. We'll get back to it. <laughs> it was better. I remember it was better than yours. I disagree. No. Uh, I next know. up was Whammers, though. Sorry. No. Yeah. Go you, for you, it. We were talking about Aaron Foster, and I'm surprised. I bet you when Whammer hears this, he's gonna go, "Oh man, I can't believe I didn't put Aaron Foster there." Like he stole him in our draft. I think it was late second round. He drafted him, and he just exploded and, and led Whammer to a league title in our league. But uh, he did submit a team, which we appreciate, and uh, he said, hopefully. But since I contributed to this, you guys will stop killing the trade value of his keeper players in our dynasty league. And I'm not really sure what he means there. I don't know what we've done just because he's got some horrible timing as far as trades go. But uh, um, we'll do our best not to jinx your guys anymore, Whammer. I will try to hold up my end of the bargain. But uh, this is his team. He's got his quarterback is MVP Cam Newton. He had some good years. Uh, Running back is LT, wide receiver Randy Moss. Tight end is Patriots Gronk and Flex is CMC. So uh, similar to mine, I both had CMC and the Flex, but uh, obviously a great team there as well. And, you know, Cam is a big difference there. He's kind of the name that jumps off the board in Whammer's list. And, yeah, when he was at his peak, he was pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And coincidentally, I'm sure uh, Whammer has Cam available for trade. So anybody out there in the LEG listening, here we are. We're pumping his tires. You saw it right here. He's on the all-time fantasy list. Former league MVP Cam Newton for sale. Two first-round picks, I think, is what he's looking for him. So make those, make ring those phones. Um, before we move on here, I did I did uh, remember who I had. So I had Michael Vick at quarterback. I had LT as well. Uh, Jerry Rice at wide receiver. The only current player, Travis Kelsey at tight end, and uh, Marshall Falk. Fifty percent for the playing, I said, and fifty percent for. Him almost having the same last name as us. Good choice. Um, yeah, well, it was a great choice because it was the best lineup. So there you go. <laughs> um, <clears throat> moving on, though, here, Falk Brother number one, our number one fan, Tyler. He kind of agreed with me. He said uh, he said in his email, I think Jeff had too many current players. So, yep, seems reasonable. Uh, he did throw some shade at me, though. What? He... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Too many current. I had Mahomes and I had Kittle. And yeah. CMC. And, yeah. oh, please. 60%. I mean, it's, I don't, I, they're all studs. And, you know, if you want to rip on maybe Kittle, because he hasn't, I mean, he set the tight end single season record for yards, what, two years ago, and he missed two games that year. So this guy's a stud. Anyways, don't get me going. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you and, you and Tyler can talk about it next time he's on with us. I like my team. Well, you know, it's good. It's good for you good for you just not for everybody um but he did throw a little shade at me he kind of questioned me uh making the michael vick selection after uh after quote unquote ripping on lamar jackson for 10 minutes 
Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> I fully remember ripping on Lamar Jackson. I, you know, I remember questioning questioning his uh, future going forward a little bit. But uh, don't forget that Michael Vick, you know, he he's not really a clone of Lamar Jackson. He had a way better arm. He threw a deep ball as well as or maybe better than anybody in the league for a long time. His connection when he went to the Eagles with Deshaun Jackson was just sick. The thing I liked about Vic, I guess, over Jackson a little bit is he really looked like a pocket passer who then all of a sudden in the blink of an eye was gone, right? Jackson sits back there for a sec, kind of makes his reads, but he has a lot of designed runs. He's on his way whenever he can be. Vic really looked like he was just settled in trying to play quarterback, and if things weren't going his way, he just kind of vanished and then appeared 10 yards down the field at full speed. So a little different, but, uh, you know, both both good players, both great fantasy assets. I remember using Vic in Madden one of the years that he was with the Falcons, and oh. it was just, like, it just wasn't fair. It was like using odd job and gold. 2001. Night. Yeah, I think so. And you just couldn't let it happen anymore, one, right? right? Yeah, you just couldn't let it happen anymore. Vic and uh, I think to having Terrell Owens. If you were playing as the Eagles, you could just throw the ball up and it didn't matter who covered him. He just caught it. So it was a good era for video games. Anyways, Tyler did give us a lineup here. He said he had uh, he said he had Peyton Manning oh, at quarterback. Sorry, it was 2004. Oh, four. Yeah, no, it would be. Yeah, it was yeah. when I was first year at Waterloo, I think. Tyler had Peyton Manning at quarterback. Sean Alexander at starting running back. Megatron at wide receiver, although he did give a shout-out to Randy Moss. Travis Kelsey at tight end, uh, but he also gave shout-outs to uh, Jimmy Graham in his New Orleans days, and uh, Gonzo, Tony Gonzalez in Atlanta, and his flex was Priest Holmes. That's a guy who, um, you know, a little earlier, I guess, in my football watching, but I did give a little bit of consideration because he was, like, just untouchable for a year or two. He was, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to see his numbers, like his best season against CMC's best season where he had 1,000 and 1,000 because, yeah, you're right. Priest Holmes was untouchable there for a while, but you know, as far as fantasy goes and points per reception, I wonder how they would compare fantasy-wise because that kind of is the difference as far as Tyler's lineup and, and mine as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, and you know what I say? Shoutouts are weak. If you shout out to other players at the position, you're not. that's weak. you got to make a choice and move on. Yeah, it's a bit um, odd that he had nine players in a five-player lineup, but, you know, whatever. Right, and maybe I'm just bitter because he didn't like my lineup <laughs> and he didn't like my f- food spread a couple weeks ago either. So, yeah. um, We got another one from a longtime listener, Reed. He put uh, Kurt Warner as his quarterback, Adrian Peterson as his running back, Randy Moss, Tony Gonzalez, and Priest Holmes as well. So kind of similar thinking there. Um, Adrian Peterson was... Man, he had his early years in Minnesota were so much fun. And Kurt Warner, when there was the greatest show on turf, he put up some massive, massive numbers. So, yeah, that's a pretty solid lineup as well. Yeah, for sure. I should point out that Reed is a, uh, you know, a huge Vikings fan, so not surprising that he got a couple of them in there. But, uh, yeah, it was, you know, there's so many players to go through when you're setting a lineup like this. But uh, Peterson, for sure, I guess if you're thinking about the last few years right now, you probably wouldn't. But at his prime, especially when he came off of his uh, his ACL tear in a way that no one ever did before, um, you know, he was just yeah. like, he was the face of the league basically for, for quite a while. Last but not least here, one of our uh, one of our good buddies, a guy that I met through you, one of our longtime listeners and a first-time writer. I'm impressed. He didn't uh, didn't mail this one in with a stamp. He sent an email uh, from Alta Vista, and uh, it's our buddy Craig, you know, manager extraordinaire, player salesman extraordinaire. Now, we talked about we didn't really like that Tyler was giving multiple player shout-outs at some of these positions, so I, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but Craig went stat-specific with his. So at quarterback, he only he wants the 55-touchdown season Peyton Manning. At running back, he only wants 28-touchdown LaDainian Tomlinson. Only 23-touchdown Randy Moss at wide receiver. Only 17-touchdown Gronk. And only 18 touchdown Marshall Falk. I don't know. I, I like all these players. I like the lineup. But what do you think of his strategy of uh, kind of cherry picking here? Yeah, I'm not surprised. And I 
don't love it. It's just, come on, what are you doing? Actually, well, I mean, I guess thanks for taking the time to actually look up who had the most touchdowns at each position. But, uh, yeah, this is a – I love Craig. This is a very Craig answer. I, other than him, like, sending it in with Carrier Pigeon and having it laminated. For, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very Craig answer, and uh, I'm not surprised at all. The beauty is, though, if he had this team, he would trade – Four of these guys for future draft picks uh, when he was in first place and had the best chance to win in the league right before the trade deadline. So, absolutely, uh, you know, if you're in the league with them, you can always have that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Gronk would be gone because he would have heard that the Saints just released two of their tight ends and their up and coming rookie was all by himself. Moss would be gone because now Jalen Rager can really sing with Hurts at quarterback. Oh boy, easy. And then he trade Peyton and LT for a pick that gave him four picks in a row in the third round. <laughs> We love, we love you, Craig. Craig. Thanks for thanks for writing in, and uh, thanks to all five of them for writing in. Um, you know, if if anybody uh, going forward, if you've got an answer to some of the questions we're going to ask, we'll let you know. But you know where to reach us. We always love hearing from our uh, our loyal listeners, the Balkamaniacs. Anyways, Jeff, we've been uh, we've been wagging our chins here for a little while. What do you say we actually get down to business? We've got uh, part two of our quarterbacks year in review. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. That's what I'm talking about. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? So just a quick review here. The top 10 from last week's episode. At number one, it was Aaron Rodgers this past season. Number two, Josh Allen. Three was Pat Mahomes. Four, Kyler Murray. Five, Tom Brady. Six, Russell Wilson. Seven, Deshaun Watson. Eight, Ryan Tannehill. Nine was Justin Herbert, and number 10, Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, moving right into the second uh, tier of this, number 11 this year was actually, you know, when you put this list together, I was like, that can't be right. But uh, quietly, Kirk Cousins had a pretty solid season, and he was the 11th-ranked quarterback in our league. Uh, He put up 4,265 yards. He had 35 touchdowns with 13 picks. Um, From weeks one through six, he scored over 20 points three times. 15 or fewer three times, and after week seven by, he scored over 26, uh, 20.6 different times and over 30 once. Um, only 13 points fewer or fewer twice in that stretch, too. So, I mean, he hurt your team. It says here, I won it every three games, but this guy was probably your QB2, right? He wasn't going to be your QB1 if you are going to be um, on a winning, especially in our league, he wasn't going to be you know, your, a winning quarterback or a winning team's quarterback. But as a QB2, he's pretty solid as far as uh, fantasy stat-wise. And uh, you know, next year, it's going to be really, really interesting because I am in love with Justin Jefferson. And you know, the numbers he put up as a rookie are obviously every, it's, it's been well-documented. But I think this guy's ready to take the next step. And he has like the ability to be the, the next one in the league. So I'm really, really excited to see what he does. Um, Thielen's obviously another year older. Uh, every mock draft I've seen has them drafting a skill position player, either Kyle Pitts at tight end or um, another receiver or, or you know one of these gadget guys that can kind of come into the backfield. So um, as far as Kirk Cousins' outlook for the next year, I think you know you kind of expect the same thing, right? It's kind of what Kirk Cousins does. Not thing amazing, but not terrible. He's going to be right in the middle of the pack and uh, a pretty solid QB too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, I actually had to double check that stat line. It didn't seem right, but I guess I didn't really realize Adam Thielen had 14 touchdowns this year from Cousins. Um, and then, you know, obviously all the other weapons that he had. It's pretty impressive that he just keeps on doing it over and over again. And uh, yeah, like with Jefferson this year, the first few weeks of the season, he wasn't heavily used. Um, and then you kind of saw the explosion with a year of with a year game experience under his belt with hopefully a real training camp. I'm super excited to see what he can do. I'm, I think that it's going to take more attention away from Thielen and open him up to do some good things. And then you've always got Cook coming out of the backfield. So, um, you know, for Cousins, it just puts him in a good situation. And uh, if he can protect the ball... I think big things are going to happen for him. He might he might uh, find his way into your lineup this year. <clears throat> At number twelve, this is uh, you know a, a fella that's near and dear to our heart as Steelers fan. It's Big Ben Roethlisberger. Not his uh, not his top statistical season. He went for thirty eight hundred yards, thirty three touchdowns, and uh, ten picks. But coming off major surgery. 
this was, you know, even maybe a little more than I was than I was thinking we might see from him. He had a rough stretch, uh, you know, near the end of the season after the big start for the Steelers. A lot of drops. He had some accuracy problems. Um, you know, we've talked about whether that was to do with his knees or just age or the arm was bugging him or whatever it might be. But uh, he's going to be back next year. And if you had him on your team this year... He scored in the 20s six different times, and he scored in the 30s between 30 and 40 points three different times. But the problem is that he scored under 20 points six times as well. He had stretches that were really good, and he looked like he was kind of back to form, but he also had a couple of multiple street, multiple week stretches that just killed you. And so that's the problem with a quarterback like that. When you get a few weeks in a row where it's 12 points, 5 points, 18 points, 16 points, you can't start him, and then all of a sudden you sit him on the bench and it's 35 points, and then you're just mixed up. You don't know what to do. Um, he's back this year. We don't know if Juju's back, but the rest of his receiving core we broke down last week is pretty solid. What do you think, Jeff? Is is Big Ben a name that you can trust in fantasy at all? Is this a guy that, uh, you know, in your typical redraft league, should he be drafted? Um. Again, if it's the super flex, I've, he's kind of very similar to Kirk Cousins as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I think he's going to have a better year next year than he did this year if he stays healthy. We talked about it a lot last week in his knees and his mobility and just hit. It felt like he was. It felt like he was just worried about getting hurt, so he just got the ball out so fast before anybody could get to him. But uh, yeah, man, we, we say it all the time. Father time is undefeated. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of shape he comes into camp. You know, everybody's talking about Tom Brady and the things he's doing and the shape he's in at his age. It's kind of, you know, I saw a quote from LeBron James saying he feels more inspired this year than ever because of what Brady's doing at his age. So I'm sure aging athletes everywhere are kind of getting inspired by this. And hopefully Big Ben comes into camp in really great shape. But uh, I wouldn't trust him as more as the more than a QB2 going into the year unless uh, something crazy happens. It's just, you know, father time's undefeated. Yeah. Uh, next quarterback, we talked about a little earlier in the episode. He might not be on this team when the season comes around, but uh, last year he finished at number 13. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr, he finished with 4,103 yards, 27 touchdowns, nine picks. Um, you know, he scored 20 points or more eight times, but he had some duds too, you know what I mean? He, had, uh, he was in the 30s one time. I should count that as well. That was a really big game, but he had some duds. He had four times he was in single digits. Uh, once he was in the – sorry, tw- four times he was in single digits – Twice, sorry. Four times he was in the teens. Four yeah, times. Sorry. I got you. I'm sorry. I'm my, um, yeah, I know. He's just a, a guy that's hard to trust. And I think what it comes down to it with Derek Carr, I mean, obviously Josh Jacobs didn't have the big year that everybody kind of expected him to, and that put more pressure on Carr for them. And Carr, you know, hurt his uh, groin there, and he might not have been 100% down the stretch. But I think they need another playmaker in, in the receiver room. Obviously, Darren Waller is top three tight end in the league right now, and, and, and moving up is – ascending as far as his career goes but uh it doesn't know it doesn't feel like they nailed the the pick with henry ruggs last year as far as the first receiver drafted off the board and, and some of the talent we've seen out of the other rookies um i think they need to add another receiver if, if Derek carr is going to take the next step and be a trustworthy quarterback what do you think absolutely and that's kind of what i expect from vegas um you know we saw we talked about it last week they tried to bring in antonio brown like it it didn't get much bigger of a move than that and it didn't work out he never he never played a down for them um they had brought in um tyrell williams as a number two receiver and in two years he was just injured all the time so really they were kind of left with all of their support pieces um filling in those filling in those starters roles and when they just maybe weren't ready or just not up to it and uh so that's why i think you saw the the massive production from waller the massive you know the targets every game and the and the huge reliance on him as a passing weapon they definitely need to bring in a true number one i think that this is a team that could do it you know they're obviously going into their second season in vegas Hopefully the first season where they can have full, you know, complement of fans in that amazing new stadium that they built, um, and they're they're trying to recreate that uh, that atmosphere that they had when they were playing in California. How do you do that? You bring in a big name. They they've got a good supporting cast. Obviously the defense needs some work, but um, I think you know they're taking steps in the right direction there. If they bring in you know an Allen Robinson type or a Juju Smith Schuster type. And even support that with 
with another, uh, you know, maybe a Golden Tate. Maybe this is the maybe this is the <laughs> landing spot for him there, Jesse. But uh, I think that I think that that does nothing but it maybe hurts Darren Waller, but it does nothing but help Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, I mentioned it last week, a few years ago, before suffering a big injury. You know, everybody talks about Carson Wentz and his MVP season before he got hurt. Uh, Derek Carr was one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a short, very short stretch before getting injured and coming back from injury. He struggled a bit. Not having players around him, he struggled a little bit. Uh, now he's got the consistency of coaching. He's got an offense that's improving under Gruden. Um, I think that of uh, you know all the players we talk about today are kind of in that same boat. But uh, I think this is a guy that could move up very quickly if they add if they add some passing weapons and uh, you know with a young guy like Ruggs if he shows a bit of improvement in his second season. Could happen for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's shown it before, like you said, and Gruden seems to be. I like what he's doing there. You're right. So, yeah, we'll see. We shall see if he's even in Las Vegas when the season comes well, around. Well, I mean, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, another guy, uh, you know, kind of right around the same zone, similar stat line is Matty Ice, Matt Ryan in Atlanta. He uh, he went for almost 4,600 yards. 26 touchdowns, 11 turnovers, so you know, lots of yardage, little little lacking in the scoring for what you'd what you'd want for a big name quarterback. The first two weeks of this season were unbelievable. I know a lot of people were talking him up because of the Ridley and Julio combination out there. Um, and the first two weeks of the fantasy season, he combined for 60 points in those two games. But then in the next weeks from three to eight he only got over 17 points once so if you invested in him in the draft you thought you had your starter and if you rode him for the next like month and a half he lost you a lot of games he did have one game where he went over 17 points and it was a monster but the thing is you just didn't really know what you were getting he suffered a lot because julio suffered a lot this year he was injured he was in and out and what we kind of saw down the down the heart of the season was that when it was just Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan was not a usable quarterback. Ridley was usable because he was getting all the targets, but Ryan himself was not putting up good statistical games. When he had Julio and Ridley, he was he was okay. He was pretty solid. Um, so what do you think? Was this season just you know was it a poor season because? there was no Julio so often like if if he has Julio and Ridley as a healthy receiving tandem is Matt Ryan a quarterback that could turn it around next year I mean you know another consideration into his crummy year was the you know the mess that was the coaching staff that got you know kind of fired midway through the season and all that comes with that but uh I mean you should be yeah Ridley and Julio are both just like legitimate stud talents in this league it's I mean, Julio, it seems like he's breaking down, and I hate to say it, and I hate to see it even more, but um, if they're both there, there's no reason why he can't. I don't know what the new philosophy is going to be as far as coaching and what the you know the game plans are going to be, if they're going to try to keep it on the ground more, but uh, you know, it's well documented how the Falcons got up on leads and then blow games, and Matt Ryan's a part of that. He's not very clutch. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. if I, I don't know if I would trust him, but he's the guy that, you know, I would take him over Ben – I would take him over uh, him and Derek Carr are like a hand in hand. But I would take Matt Ryan over Cousins and Big Ben for sure. And Derek Carr and Matt Ryan are like really close. I don't know about like how would you rank those four guys? I'd go Carr, Ryan, Ben, Cousins. Wow. Um, I would probably go if are we saying with if we have a healthy Julio and Ridley? Everybody's healthy. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's healthy. Yeah. Okay. I would, if everybody's healthy, I think I would probably go with the way the rosters are right now. I'd go Ryan, Cousins, Carr, Ben. There you go. I think. Just because of the unknown in in Vegas, um, you know, who's he passing the ball to. But uh, yeah, but they're all close. Like they're all kind of in the same wheelhouse they're all usable i guess one thing that we didn't mention um you know you talked about the running game supporting we don't know who's going to be part of that running game so that obviously makes a big difference too if it's a pass catching running back those are free stats for quarterbacks those are you know 
Yep. Those are could be five to ten free touchdowns, right? That makes a big difference. So, um, you know, whoever they bring in or, or if they draft somebody, that's, that's going to change the outlook for him as well. It's going to be it's getting back to Matty Ice. Like it's going to be interesting too. Be, or I shouldn't say getting back, but thinking about him. <laughs> like if he doesn't do it this year, I think Atlanta moves on from him, right? And it's like they just tear it right down. And that Julio would be probably be out. And so I mean, he's got a lot of pressure on him if he wants to kind of rebuild his brand. I guess. Yeah, he's been a long time, man. Like I said, he was he was on one of my very first uh, fantasy rosters way back in the day, before the internet. Um, yeah. <laughs> number 15, uh, it was kind of a tie actually in our league. We had uh, Matt Stafford with 4,084 yards as ugly as they were with 26 touchdowns and 10 picks and Baker Mayfield with 3,563 yards, 26 touchdowns, eight picks and one rushing touchdown. Um, man, I had Stafford all year long. I was so pumped to have him because of the numbers he put up with Patricia and co before he got hurt last or the year before last. And, uh, it just didn't happen this year. Uh, Detroit was a hot mess all season long. It didn't help that his number one playmaker on the outside, Kenny Galladay, uh, Galladay didn't feel like playing football anymore. Um, so that obviously hurt Stafford. And as far as Baker goes, I mean, Baker was – what a year. I mean, there was games where the weather was just atrocious and he put up negative points. But he had a kind of a, a really crummy year, like to the point where that if you had him on your roster, you, you probably didn't make the playoffs. But if you did, he was really great down the stretch. Like the four of the last five weeks, the point totals were 20, 36, 34, and 24. And uh, your note here is, is pretty funny to me because it says, before the f- posting four points in the fantasy championship, and then it says, to be honest, if you played Baker in your fantasy finals, you deserved what you got. Uh, but the guy that won our league started Baker in the finals, and he won. So That's true, actually. actually. <laughs> So that note uh, is hilarious. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, going into next year, we'll, we'll talk about both these guys. Who would you rather have, Stafford in his new home with uh, Sean McVay or Baker Mayfield with uh, a healthy OBJ and that stellar run game and the up-and-coming Browns? Uh, they're pretty close. And, and to be honest, I think both of them are going to have an up season from what they had this year. Uh, I would probably go with Stafford. I like his arm. I like, I just like him as a player. I've always, always kind of been a fan and I'm excited to see what he can do, um, in McVay's system and with those passing weapons. But, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of a resurgence and it's funny you mentioned those weather games. We did talk about them so much during the season and how they were affecting Cleveland players and uh, I actually forgot all about that. When I was looking at the stretch, I was just like, ooh, what, what went on here? But uh, you're right, like he had a few weeks where he like couldn't throw the ball. It would just blow back in his face like a boomerang. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I actually totally forgot as well that Kevin uh, started Baker in our final. So good for you. You you deserved what you got. You were, you know, if you can weather four points from one of your quarterbacks and uh, and still come out on top, then obviously there was not a single other team that could have challenged you, right, Jeff? Oh God, not in the finals <laughs> because the team that should have got bounced in the semis, and now I'm not going to sleep tonight because it's quarter to midnight, and you got me fired up. But oh, well. here we are. Yep, shoulda, coulda, woofta. Anyways, a yep. uh, couple honorable mentions though. That was the so we finished up the top fifteen quarterbacks. So uh, well, fifteen and a half, I guess, with that tie. But there were some honorable mentions here, really quickly. Uh, one of them was Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you if you picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick on a whim. Um, week one was a dud. He only had four fantasy points, but after that, he went off for 25, 27, 20, 31, and 21. Uh, plus, down the stretch, he kept coming in in the second half and just playing amazingly. This guy's a fantasy legend. He's so much fun. I hope he has a team next year that'll give him a chance. I want to see him with Belichick in New England. Harvard, football genius, just worlds collide, and let's see what they can do. Um, Another guy that had a huge year before he went down with an injury was uh, Dak Prescott. We talked about this quite a bit. He kind of had an okay week one, but then the next three weeks were just unreal. 41 points, 31 and 42. Um, You know, it's unfortunate he got hurt because he was on pace to have kind of one of the best fantasy seasons ever for a quarterback. And, uh, you know, as far as next year goes, if he's healthy and he's, you know, at the start of training camp and he looks like the Dak of old, I think you can draft him safely as a top five quarterback. So let's I you know I wrote that in the notes and right now I'm thinking about it. So let's uh, let's kind of play a little quick game. Would you rather take Dak Prescott or Josh Allen? 
Oh, man. Um, and health aside, they're both healthy? Yeah, they're There's both no... healthy. Yeah, both healthy. Man, alive. That's a tough one. I think I would take... I would take... Dak. Man, I don't know if I said it. I got <laughs> to like the A in Dak, and I already regretted it. But yeah, I'm going with Dak. Dak, Prescott, or... Well, I probably know the answer to this. Mahomes. Mahomes. What about Dak or Kyler? Dak. Dak or Rodgers coming off an MVP season. And Rodgers is in Green Bay next year? Um, yeah. I think I would take Dak. And it doesn't make any sense, but I just, I think, I, I don't know. Yeah, I would take Dak. Okay, one more. Dak or superstar rookie sensation Justin Herbert? I would take Dak next year. Well, How about go. you? Let's go through them again. Oh, I don't even remember the names. Uh, I would take, I think I would take Dak over Allen. I would take Rodgers. I would take Mahomes. I would take Dak over Kyler. I would take Dak over Herbert, I think. Did I say that's the only one yeah. difference? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that's going to be interesting. And there's another quarterback in that division. I'll kind of. Jump on top of you here, yeah, but Jalen Hurts yeah. is another guy. And now that Wentz is out of the picture, yeah, I know, but I'm this far now. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Philly, right? Jalen Hurts kind of showed some flashes. He had some big point totals. And uh, now that he knows he's going to be the lead dog there, um, you know, they have to add some weapons around him, I think, for him to be a real fantasy stud. But uh, what do you think for Jalen Hurts next year? Well, you know, we ba- I feel like we barely got a real taste of what he can be. Uh, I wasn't blown away with his passing, which, you know what, it's tough for any any rookie quarterback coming in, especially under the circumstances, especially with a lack of passing weapons, especially with the O-line, blah, 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 blah. Um, what I did see was that he looked outstanding as a mobile quarterback, Um but if I'm being honest with you, I don't think I'm going to get a single uh, share of him on any team. I'm not going to get him on any team except for the one dynasty team where I picked him up off off uh, waivers early in the season last year. Because as it comes down, now that Wentz is out of there, I think it is going to be way too much. We are coming into, you know, we're coming into the springtime here. And I think in June and July and August, all we're going to hear about is Jalen Hurts. People are going to be, I guarantee at least one, you know, talking head is going to throw out the question, is Jalen Hurts the next MVP? People are going to be looking to him because look over the last few years in fantasy drafts, you had a late round pick in Patrick Mahomes in his first full season, and he was the pretty much the best quarterback for fantasy. Well, he was. He was the best quarterback for fantasy. You had a late round pick the next year in Lamar Jackson. He was the best quarterback for fantasy. You had a late round pick, a couple of them really. You could get Josh Allen fairly late this past season, and you could get Kyler Murray. All of these guys are young quarterbacks. All of them can extend the play at least if not you know rush for hundreds of yards and that's kind of the mold that he fits but I don't I don't know that I saw enough out of him to make me you know jump if he's going in the seventh round or the eighth round if he's around in the double digits for sure that's a good value for any quarterback but uh, I think I think he has potential but I don't know if I'm going to be as in as a lot of other players what about you no, no, I feel the same way. He's kind of a guy that's a big, flashy name. Like, if it was an auction draft, I'd nominate him early just to get a lot of money off the board with no interest in bidding on him kind of thing. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I want to see more from him before I can entrust him, especially at the quarterback position where it's so important. But I, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, those young mobile quarterbacks, people get, you know, hot and bothered for them, and they, they reach, and uh, it's not going to pay off every year, that's for sure. So, um We'll see what happens. Um, that's kind of it for football talk here on this week's episode. But, uh, you know, I talked about it earlier. We, we've been watching, the family and I have been watching the Marvel superhero movies and um, the Avengers movies. And I just wanted to reach out. You know, do you have any favorite superhero movies? Maybe we can, you know, talk. We are big movie buffs as well. We, we you know, more interested than just football. So uh, you and I kind of love to sit down and watch a good movie or even potentially write one. So, um, yeah, do you have a favorite superhero movie or movies? 
I do, man. I love superhero movies. Um, I it's almost hard. It's almost hard for me to narrow down the list. Like I, I'm not totally uh, caught up with everything that's happened in the Marvel universe in the last you know number of years, just with busy and kids coming and that. But uh, a few that stand out for sure for me. One going way way back is the uh, the original, the Tim Burton Batman with Michael Keaton. Jack Nicholson. 1989. It's the oh, first man. one on my list. Oh, man. So good. I don't know if I was... So like I, I probably watched it a year or two after it came out when I was like five or six years old. But it just blew my mind. It made me like a lifelong Batman fan. It just, you know, it was probably the first really like serious and cool movie that I ever saw. Um, I thought it was fantastic. And then a more one of the more modern ones of the uh, of the Christopher Nolan trilogy, I would say Dark Knight. Um, yeah. That that blew my mind again. I remember working at Future Shop and we got this uh, this DVD with all these scene previews, or I guess it was a Blu-ray or an HD DVD, whichever of the two. And it was to be used for showing some of our some of our high def TVs and kind of showcasing what they had. And it had the scene, the transport truck that, you know, the explosion and it flips over. Oh, yeah. And I was just yep. like, oh, my God, I have to see this movie like the second it comes out. And I ended up sitting front row, far right hand seat with my neck on like a 72 degree angle watching it. And it was still like probably the best thing that I ever saw. Um, but uh, a couple more real quick ones. One that always has a special place in my heart is the first Spider-Man that uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily yeah. stand up as much now. Maybe when you look back, but uh, that was a big one, and that was my when I worked at the movie theater um, in high school. That was my first shift that I got moved from just making and selling popcorn to uh, cleaning staff because it was opening night for Spider-Man. And it was swamped. And basically for eight hours, they handed me a big push broom. And I walked around making huge piles of spilled popcorn. And somebody else's job the whole night was just with a dustpan cleaning it up. Um, but yeah, working at the theater, I probably watched that movie a dozen times on the big screen. And uh, the last one, actually, it it it's not my like top, top, top superhero movie. There's so many that I love, but uh, one that always kind of has a nice memory for me is the first guardians of the galaxy. Um, I didn't see that one in theaters, but I watched it for the first time on a uh, cruise. I went for a cruise with my family um, at Christmas time a number of years ago. And they had, they had the big movie screen up on the top deck and I just remember like laying on the lounge chairs and we watch Guardians of the Galaxy and it's like big starry sky and it just made it, you know, it was a cool movie and the music is phenomenal, but it just made it like twice as good just because it was such a cool setting to watch it. That's, uh, that's awesome. That yeah. sounds amazing. It's, what about you? Uh, what about you? Well, Batman, uh, 1989 Batman was my number one. Dark Knight was my number two. Um, Logan was my third. I don't know if you've seen the Logan oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so it. well done. I, that movie it. blew me away. Um, and Thor Ragnarok. Andy and I have watched Thor Ragnarok too many times. It's just, it's, I don't know if you've seen that one. It's I kind haven't. of, no. So, like, there's a kind of a pattern to, and a formula for these Marvel movies. And uh, Roy, Thor Ragnarok broke that pattern. It's totally different from all the other ones. It's kind of stand up alone. And it's, it's really, really well done. It's super funny. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, real, really, real well done. And uh, The Incredibles, that's another one that Andy and I love. It's just, you know, it's an animated one. A lot of people think about the animated movies, but I can watch The Incredibles and then Pixar movies any day of the week. So uh, those are some of my favorites. Watchmen was another one I really had a cool memory of kind of lining up and not knowing much about the movie and then just being blown away in the theaters. But uh, you were talking about The Dark Knight. That brought me right back because I remember lining up for the midnight show and just the buzz in the lineup and then the buzz in the theater before the movie started. It was, uh, that's kind of a memory that's putting, you know, giving me chills right now thinking about it. So uh, it's uh, pretty cool. Um, Absolutely, as far man. As, well, I was just going to, I was just going to say, and this kind of leads into the, the next question um, with Watchmen. That was one that I did want to talk about. I, I love the graphic novel so much. It was the first the first kind of real graphic novel that I ever got into. And uh, 
when the movie came out, you know, I had worked at the theater years earlier when I was in high school and then uh, in university at Waterloo, I was going to a movie one night just randomly like uh, Katie, my wife or my girlfriend at the time and I and some friends were going to see a movie and I walked into the theater and uh, my old boss from London was now the boss at this theater and so I'm chatting with him and uh, he kind of said, you know, you know, we're in a mess here, like a bunch of people quit and I need like, would you be interested at all in coming to work here and uh, and you know, you know what you're doing, whatever and and you know I loved that job so I was like oh yeah for sure so came in the next day and uh, got my name tag made right you get your name tag and you get to put your favorite movie and this was about this was about three weeks before Watchmen was coming out but I managed to convince the girl that was putting in the order to put Watchmen on mine even though it wasn't even released yet even though I hadn't even seen it just because I was so confident that I was going to love that movie uh, and it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it was really, really well done. Well, that's our next question. And we're going to send this one out to the, the Falcomaniacs over social media or, or email or whatever the case may be. But if you ran into your old boss at Cineplex and he said, come to work <laughs> tomorrow and we're going to give you your own name tag. And on that name tag, you can list your favorite movie ever. What movie would you guys put? It could be sports related. It could be anything you want. Uh, um, Kyle put The Watchman on his. Is that the same movie you'd pick today, Kyle? Uh, you no. know what, what, why don't you take a week? I don't want to throw you on the yeah, spot. I mean, you brought it up it. here, but let's think about it. Yeah, we're going to put this out there to the universe and to the Falcomaniacs. They can reach out to us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Falcomaniacs. Shoot us an email at uh, fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com. If you're listening on uh, to the podcast on any of the fat platforms, please review, uh, like, share, whatever you need to do. We're going to try to get their name out there a little more than we've been doing in the past. But, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to put that question out to the Falcomaniacs and see what movies they come back with. We'll take the week. We'll think about what our answers are. And until then, just uh, enjoy each other's Falcon company. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it.